Close your eyes, please. Father, we thank you and praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray right now that you will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. That you will bless all of those who are under the sound of my voice today. That they don't hear me, they hear you. Father, bless us with insight and wisdom and discernment. That we may come to know you better because of this experience. Bless us this morning, Lord. Move me out of the way right now that your perfect message can now go forward. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say it. Amen. You know, we talk about the lighthouse. We talk about Jesus being the one who directs us. We talk these things. I have this thing about speaking Christianese at times. We know the right stuff to say, but we have, a tr we have some trouble doing it. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? And the beauty of this is that God has designed a way for us to travel, to live our lives. Our job is to do the best we can. We'll never be perfect. They mentioned it early. I'm, I'm just purchased. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be perfect. But here's what I need. I need you to not stop. I need you to not wallow in your failures. I need you to not give up when things get bad. I need you to stand up and keep going because God progressively sanctifies us. So here's what I need today. As we end this particular series, I need you to know something. We are on the pinnacle of a major revival. It didn't start in America. So I'm going to help some of y'all out today. Are you ready? Yes. America is not the only country on the planet. Amen. Just in case you missed geography class, I'm just trying to help you out. But I need you to understand something. Because something is happening here doesn't mean that it's not happening someplace else. So I need you to know we're on the pinnacle of one of the most major revivals since Acts chapter 2. And it's happening sometimes in odd places like in Middle Eastern countries where Christianity is growing at astronomical rates. But here's what's important to us. The church. The body of Christ. Passover comes and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for Passover. And his disciples have been arguing and fighting and fussing, trying to get people to know who Jesus was and all that stuff. So finally, folks are on the road with palms. Jesus is on the donkey and they got palms. They're waving and they're excited about Jesus. And the disciples are going, man, this is a magnificent event. They're finally in love with our Savior, the Messiah. So they're walking along the road and it's got to be relieving for them and comforting for the disciples as they go down the road. But then Jesus gets to the temple and he gets off the donkey and he goes into the temple and starts turning over tables, <laughs> chasing people out of the temple. Poor disciples now are going, come on, Jesus, we... <laughs> We thought we had this thing kind of going on right now, but he's turning over tables. He's doing something, and he says to the people, this is supposed to be my father's house. 
Meaning that there were some things going on in there that did not resemble the house of God. And Jesus could see that even though a bunch of other people could not. So he decided to bring it to their attention by throwing over the tables, chasing out the dove sellers, the pigeon sellers. He's kicking them out of the church, out of the temple. I need you to know something today. Every now and then we need to turn the tables over first in our personal lives then in the church of God. Because every now and then stuff will sneak in here that doesn't belong here. And it will root itself in the body of Christ as though it has biblical substance and it does not. It's important for us to get this today because we as the revival makers have to turn some tables over. Now you've been challenged this whole month about this thing about the body of Christ, about our family tree. You've been challenged to know that you and I are real brothers and sisters, not just on Sunday or Tuesday, but every day. We've been challenged with the fact that there's only one race, and that is the human race. There's not black, white, red, brown, polka dot, blue, yellow, all that. No, there's only one race. It's the human race. I filled out a form the other day and it asked me, what was my race? I wrote in human. (laughs) And I'm not joking. But see, this stuff has kind of whittled its way into the body of Christ. Therefore, we have division, separation, polarization happening in a place that Jesus died that it would become one. It says he is the loaf that is broken for all that all who eat the loaf become one. So here's my last part of this particular series and I need us to get this. Satan did not like God and what God wanted to do. So, Satan comes to church. I said Satan comes to church because he knows if I'm going to destroy what God has in plan, I got to go where God's plans are. So he enters into the house and he begins to spread his poison. Oh, it's not big poison. It's just little stuff. And before long, you got people in the synagogue selling pigeons to people who were supposed to be at home raising their sacrifice for the year. There are no shortcuts to this. So today I want to offer you, Satan wants the body of Christ. So what tools does he use? Every dumb thing there is. This is what makes it amazing to me. Ignorance doesn't care what color you are. Ignorance doesn't care how much money you got. Ignorance doesn't care. It doesn't care. It's an equal opportunity employer. Stupidity does not care what color you are. Fear does not care what color you are. All of these things don't care, but all of a sudden we care. And we're the ones who have God, the almighty, who reigns over all things. We're going to get it together, right? You already have some fun? As you can see, I'm fired up already. These brothers done blew me out of the water. 
Creation versus evolution. Why was there an argument of evolution? Because if we can get people to doubt the Bible, where's the lighthouse? Where's the light? If I can get you to doubt that the Bible is true, where does your light come from? Where does your direction come from? The Bible is how God speaks to mankind. He tells us what he did, how he did it. The Bible is the only book that we can read that reveals who the author is. That's the Bible. So if I wanted to discredit it, if I wanted to pull you away, then my first attack mode will have to be the word. And that's what they did. So now there's evolution. They've tried everything. I don't know about you. I've seen the pictures. You've seen them. You've seen them in school. Some of us studied this stuff in school. Start off with a tadpole to a fish to some kind of lizard-looking thing. I don't know about you. My ancestor is Adam, not a tadpole. Then that didn't work, so what did they do next? Oh, it's got to be monkeys. We come from monkeys. What is this about? It's about fighting creation. Do you understand? Satan is smoking mirrors. He wants you to look over here while he robs from you over here. So he drops these seeds that we all can't be the same. We have to be unequal. Somebody has to be superior to somebody else. All of that kind of nonsense. It's all about killing creation because the Bible says specifically, we are one people. We studied this last week from the Valley of Shinar. He confused the languages to make the one people spread out. One people. Y'all still with me today? Let's read this verse. It's coming. It says creation is true. The Bible clearly teaches that the universe, all things, came into existence through the will of the eternal God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read it from the Amplified. In the beginning, God, Elohim, Created, everybody say created. created. By forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. He formed it from nothing. God spoke it into existence. God created everything. God created everything. So we are created beings, not evolutionary beings. We are created beings. Some folks will go, but I don't understand the story. That doesn't make sense to me. Listen, you walk around every day doing all kinds of stuff that doesn't make sense to you and you never stop using it. 95% of you don't know how your car works. Oh, you can sit out there and look like you a mechanic. You don't know nothing about your car. But you put the key in there and turn it every time. I'm going to the store. Now, what if somebody had to ask you, you can't use your car until you explain what happens when you turn the key. So quit, quit thinking that you have to understand because God surpasses us all of our understanding. Listen, we are walking around on a round globe. The water that is deeper than anything you can imagine stays where God said it would stay. He even said that he placed the water there on purpose. We are created by the God created. So Satan wanted to make sure that the fight would happen of evolution. So what happens now? Evolution has snuck its way into the church. You have preachers now talking about, you know, some of these stories are just fairy tales and we just got to be able to understand that. And, and so they really don't mean anything. So skip those stories and just teach this. 
When Jesus went into the synagogue and he turned the tables over, you know what the Bible says? It says, then the people got indignant. They didn't get indignant when the mess was going on. They got indignant when God decided to fix the mess. Well, some folks are going to get mad at us. See, because you were born for such a time as this. And God has called you to be a part of this great revival. And you are going to be fixing some messes and some folks are going to be mad at you. You're going to enter into some people's hearts and minds and you're going to turn over some tables. What does that mean? There are people believing stuff that has absolutely no biblical substance whatsoever. But first, we got to fix it in us. So you ready to have a little bit more fun this morning? You ready? You sure? All right, here we go. It says evolution is false. I said it. Evolution is false. I don't care how many supposedly intelligent people talk about evolution. I don't care. It's false. See, because that person is sitting there benefiting from a God who created him to give him a mind to stand there and argue with a God that he can't even touch. We have been created. Evolution is a lie. But when Satan wanted to divide, what did he say? Okay, you are from monkeys. The smart people are from orangutans. The dumb people are from gorillas. You know you heard it. You know you heard it. It's a lie straight from H-E double hockey sticks. But we need to fight this lie with biblical truth, right? So let's go to a verse here that will help us out. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 2. Y'all having fun yet? Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him. Powerful verse. Now, this is Paul speaking to the Colossians because Paul knew at the depths of, of meticulous work that he shared Christ with these people. He knew that he was sharing Christ from his heart. He knew he was sharing Christ biblically. So he said, as you have received him, walk with him. Now, I need you to know this works both ways. If you were in a church that taught you some crazy stuff, I said, if you were in a church that taught you some crazy stuff, you would walk in union with what you had received. Is anybody hearing me today? Now, let's say if some of the stuff you received may not have been Biblically correct. Then you're going to walk in that. But we're going to try to fix that by listening to what Paul says. You ready? It says, could you go back one second, Sue, please? Thank you. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him. Reflecting. Whose character? Oh, wait a minute. Reflecting whose character? Now, wait a minute. If you're going to reflect his character, what happens to yours? Oh, so when the verse says that you should die daily, then that really means something, doesn't it? It's, when the verse tells us that you're supposed to take up your cross daily and, and follow him, what does that mean to us? That means your character 
is no longer important because usually our characters are the ones that are faulty, that are broken, that are confused, that have received bad info. So we are to do what? Follow his character. Listen closely. Reflecting his character in the things you do and say. Living lives that lead others <laughs> away from sin. Having been deeply rooted in him and now being continually built up in him and becoming increasingly more established in your faith just as you were taught and overflowing in its gratitude. Now I know I grew up in church. I'm a church boy. That's right. My grandmama, my mama, my aunts, my uncles, they built churches. So I'm always at church. All the first that ever happened in my life happened to me in church. Some in the basement, some upstairs. I'm just being honest. But all my firsts happened in church. So I'm a church boy. So all of my experiences have been in church. So there's a ton of stuff that I learned while sitting in church that had absolutely nothing to do with church. I've seen my mama get her heart broke. She's on the communion team and they're supposed to wear white and wear gloves and do all that stuff. So mama rushes us out of the house. We three knucklehead boys, we get to church and mama forgot her white gloves. So the preacher looked at her and mama's trying to find somebody else that got an extra set of gloves and nobody had them. So my mama goes to the preacher and says, hey, listen, I don't have my white gloves. And he looked at her and said, you can't serve today because you're impure. So those gloves have become more important than the heart of my mama. It's not that way with God, but it is that way with man. So that tradition had overridden what the Bible had said, and I need us to get it today. A lot of us grew up in places where we heard stuff about relationships, about races and all those kinds of things, how church should be. And listen, it has manifested itself. We live in a country so divided that we have white church, brown church, red church, blue church. We got churches all separated all over the place. And on Sundays, we're all crying Jesus. But we can't cry Jesus at the same place at the same time. Why? Because there's something flowing under that confession that we've learned over the years that taught us you can't be with those people. You can't trust those people. Don't be around those people. Those people ain't honest. Those people are this. Those people are that. And that's a lie straight from hell. But listen, the only way it can be fixed is you got to turn the tables over in your mind first. So you don't have to challenge yourself. What is it that I learned <laughs> while in church? That caused me to look at people crazy. Um, let me go on. Y'all okay? Yeah. See, some of y'all scare me sometimes, man. Y'all looking at me like, I'm going to shoot this guy. <laughs> I'm only joking. Only joking. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Pseudo-intellectual babble. Ooh-wee. It happens, doesn't it? Somebody comes along and tells you something, and before long, you're going, what? And that information that that person shared with you overrides what the Bible says, and now you're following that philosophy. You're following that mindset. 
Oh, man, I hope you all hear me today. And then God is looking down from heaven going, what in the heck are you doing? God says, I took the time to create one people. And all I want you to do is love each other. You were trying to find ways not to love each other. Now, he said he wasn't going to send another flood. <laughs> but I'm sure he'd been tempted. <laughs> because we're, we're doing some dumb stuff. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? See, we're sitting in church and we're saying God and he's, we're singing songs about him reigning and him being the lighthouse and all of those things. But underneath that is a thought, a philosophy that reigns stronger than the truth. And that's what has to be fixed. Let me read on. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and the empty deception, pseudo-intellectual babble. According to the and musings of mere men following the elemental, elementary principles of this world. Traditions and musings. <laughs> I need you to know something. How many of us, don't raise your hands, but how many of us have been living... <laughs> On musings, stuff that really ain't real, you know, like myths and wives' tales. How many of us have been chasing Bigfoot? No, I'm, I'm trying to get us to see something. How many of us have been living on information that is actually not biblical, but it is at the foundation of everything we do? How many of us believe that superstitions have more power than the blood of Christ? I know you may shake your head, but you're at the table throwing salt all over the place. Because you think there's some power in the salt, not realizing it is God Almighty who created the earth. He created salt. Salt will never amount to him. But it becomes the foundation of what we're thinking and doing. And I need us to check this because if we're going to fix the mess, we are the lighthouse or the light of the world. If we're going to fix it, we got to fix it in ourselves. Because if we don't, then the blind leads the blind and they both fall in the ditch. I'm coming out of the ditch. I ain't going back. Is this making sense to you today? Are you sure? It says, rather than following what? The truth. The teachings of Christ. So how does this happen, this philosophy, these musings, these things that get caught up in our world? Oh, man, man I love my grandmama. My grandmama was, she was life to me. She really was. But she taught me some things that were definitely musings. But that's what she knew. But because she was my grandmother, whatever she said to me was gospel. Until I found out what the gospel really said. Now, I don't blame my grandmama because she gave me what she knew. But musings are musing nonetheless. Y'all still here? Is this making sense today? Let's go to another verse. I'm having fun. I don't know about you. It says, Matthew chapter 15. It says, why do your disciples, this is Jesus. I love this. Why do your disciples violate the tradition? What is a tradition? <laughs> huh? We all, I told you the other day about the girl who baked ham for her husband for the first time. She cut both ends off. That was her tradition. We all have traditions. Doesn't mean that they're actually biblical. 
My family has the tradition of every other year, the kids come to our house for Thanksgiving, right? And Christmas, and then the next year, they go to the other, you know, people. (laughs) Excuse me, the other in-laws for Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's our tradition. Is it biblical? No, but it's a tradition. Can I force you to do that? No, because it's a tradition. Are y'all understanding me? Listen to what he says here. Why do your disciples violate the what? Religious laws handed down by the Jewish elders. Let's read on. For your disciples do not ceremonially wash their hands before they eat. He, being Jesus, replied to them, Why also do you violate the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? handed down by the elders. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 says that we all were created by God. All of us. So I don't care what tradition it is that you've heard. I don't care what tradition it is that you've been practicing. I need you to know something today. We can't practice that tradition any longer in the church. We must restore the church to what God planned it to be. This is the only institution that he speaks to the world through. He doesn't speak to the world through the government. That's a whole different language right there. He speaks to the world through us. So, why do you violate the word of God to practice a tradition? Young lady in my office said that she wanted to date somebody that the world says is out of her race. I told her, "Did you were you dating somebody from Mars, Some, <laughs> Venus?" But no, this is what she said: somebody that's out of my race. So I said, "Does this guy love you?" She says, "Yes, I know he does." I said, well, go home and ask your parents, do do they want you to marry the second best guy or the third best guy? Why am I telling you this? See, because we've been living on all kinds of information that is absolutely not biblical. It's not real. Race is a man-made construct. It's man-made, man-made race. It's not in the Bible. It doesn't speak about it in the Bible, so man made it. How then does it rule in the house of God? Because we're going to follow a tradition more than we follow the commandment of God. Jesus is dealing with this situation. Let's read on. Is this helping you? For God said through Moses, honor your father and mother. And he who speaks evil of or insults or treats improperly father or mother to be put to death. But you say, (laughs) if anyone says to his father or mother, whatever money or resource that I have that would have helped you is already dedicated and given to God. Doesn't that sound good? I'm giving this money to God. So eat crackers, mama. I'm giving this money to God. I can't take care of y'all. So what 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 is Jesus doing right now? He's trying to let us know the word of God says this. You are practicing a tradition here that is causing you to violate the word of God. 
How much do I love you? Forever, for always, I give you every ounce of who I am. Because Jesus gave me every ounce of who he is. He got on a cross and died for me. So I get on a cross and die for you. Does it matter to me what you look like? Does it matter to you how much money you have? Does it matter to me? If it did, I wouldn't be here. The brother's singing a song this morning, wanting y'all to clap. Sound like ocean water splacking together in here. You know I'm only joking about that. But the idea is, if I was worried about that stuff, I wouldn't be here. I need you to know what has to happen in all of us. You've got to be able to see, like my sister Shirley right there. That's my sister. I don't care where I see this woman. I don't care where it is. I can go to her house and put my feet up. You don't have any dogs, do you? But I can go to her house and put my feet up on her table. Why? Because that's my sister. We developed over time since I have been here, working together, talking, crying together, praying together. And we both had to come out of worlds of traditions. We had to come out of worlds of thought that didn't have anything to do with the Bible, but because it was taught to us by people we love, we believed it with all of our heart and soul. But now you can't take my sister away from me and my sister won't let you do anything to me. This is church. This is what we are supposed to be. So here's, here's my challenge to you today as I close. My challenge. There's a bunch of other verses there. You can go over them yourself. Actually, I've got to read the next one. Bring up the next one. I've got to read it. I know I'm a little over time. I'm sorry. But you know I really ain't sorry. A new command I give you. A new command. Love one another. Hmm. You know, we're in the habit of changing the definition of love if it makes us uncomfortable. I said, we're in the habit of changing the definition of love if it makes us uncomfortable. Jesus had already displayed or getting ready to display very soon what love meant. Jesus, who was God, let man beat him, strip body fluid from him, do all those things, kill him, place him in a tomb. Why? For love. Nails didn't hold him on the cross. Love did. So he's given us an example of love. Listen, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you, so you, so you must Love one another. In that word must is where we have to live at for a while. We'll have to sit in that area and do what? Get rid of the garbage that we've been holding on to for so long. Get rid of the stuff that causes us not to be able to love each other, not to be able to fellowship with each other. Because hear me, brothers and sisters, one day in Revelations, all of the people from all of the tribes and all of the nations will stand before the throne. It is our job right now to make that happen now. So, you ready for this? America has called you. I know, crazy Pastor Ben. But America has called you. How did it call you? It called you out of confusion. It called you out of hurt. It called you out of pain. It called you out of the place that this country is so separated, divided, 
polarized, stuck in fear and stupidity. It has called you. It has called out to God Almighty saying, I need you, Lord. And God says to his church, I need you, church, to come back to me. I need you to turn the tables over. See, because the one thing I know, we don't lose. So be a part of this thing. How? Go home this week. Turn the tables over in your mind. Turn the tables over in the places where you know I got to challenge this because I can't keep doing this. And don't be afraid. And then be the spokesperson when that conversation comes up in your circle of influence. And somebody says, you know, I can't stand them people. You know, I ain't never liked them folks. You know, you can't trust them. And in that circle of influence, you can go, wait a minute. You can't put everybody in the same boat. Why? Because stupidity is an equal opportunity employer. And that statement you just made proved it. Maybe you shouldn't say that to them, but. America's called out to us. Are you ready? Listen, Esther wasn't. She wasn't excited when Mordecai told her <laughs> you were born for such a time as this. She wasn't excited. She wasn't running around with pom-poms. She was scared that she would have to go into the throne room of the king. So be scared and do it anyway. But I need you to know the time has come. Don't look for somebody else to do it. Oh, uh, you know, they're, they're going to no. There is no they. It's us. So you ready to join this army? Well, part of the initiation process for this army is to love me. Love me. As Christ loved us all. And then whenever you're in those environments where you have a circle of influence, speak love into the nonsense. No more generalizations. None. It ain't all Democrats are stupid. It ain't all Republicans are stupid. It ain't all anything. That's Satan language. There are dumb Democrats and dumb Republicans and dumb independents and dumb all the way through. Are y'all hearing me today? We Christians, we follow a different call. And that is the power of Jesus Christ.